0: This is Elaine Williams, founder of Captivate the Crowd, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now, here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams Amy J.
2: Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 182 of Chasing Dreams. Before I get too far, here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by our Patreon campaign supporters. Thanks to all of you for your support. Beginning January 2019 as a thank you, Patreon supporters will have exclusive initial access to a bonus video conversation with our guests. Even donating a dollar an episode goes a long way. For more information on our Patreon campaign, and or if you'd like to donate to help keep the show going, please visit amyj21.com Patreon. Now, guys, this next guest is no newcomer to the show. She was last on the show in episode 97 about a year and a half ago. It was June 28th, 2017, that she was on the show, and, you know... I couldn't think of a better person to kick off Women's History Month than Elaine Williams. Elaine has helped hundreds of people with confidence on camera and public speaking, whether it's five people or 5,000. She uses her 40 plus years of professional performing TV appearances on SNL, America's Got Talent, HBO, plus two degrees in drama to train her students and clients for their own media appearances. And spots are filling up for her next training program, Captivate the Crowd. And, you know, we just I just wanted to check in and see how she's doing. And she's doing well. Yeah. Check it out for yourselves, guys. Here it is. Hey, Elaine, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. So you were like episode 97, which is almost almost, but not quite just short of like 100 episodes ago. So it's been a bit. (laughs) It's been a bit since oh. we last talked.
0: Yes, ma'am. It has.
2: Now, oh. before when we talked, you were working on Captivate the Crowd. You were encouraging our dream chasers, our listeners to give themselves permission to dream and to move forward and follow that. And you were sharing how important it is to share your story, your message. What, what's happened since then? Still working on Captivate the Crowd? What's going on?
0: Right on. You know all of the above and more. I just got back from uh, Cleveland and Chicago, and one of my favorite clients of all time met me for coffee. And we were like, "Because you know we were catching up," and you know she's a great example to me. Of this woman was a, a partner for Deloitte. She ran entire divisions in India. She traveled the world with her infant son and her husband. They had just had their baby when she got the opportunity to go to India. Anyway, a background in theater, but when she got in front of the camera, she was like stiff or or just sort of forced. Kind she froze up. She just wasn't like her natural mm. self. She just. There was just something like she just got tense and she kind of put on like this facade that we, you know, sometimes we all have yeah. when we're put into new situations, right? Sure. I mean the first tendencies when we feel scared or like we might be judged or we're in stranger danger, right? Yeah. We, the, the masks come up. So, you know, she was struggling to make video and and so she took my course and I just you know, I'm intuitive. We, I took her through my methodology. I, We did a couple of things. And within the second week, she was making videos. Her husband called me and said, what'd you do? Oh my God, <laughs> you helped her. She's finally being herself. Now she has a whole YouTube channel. Her son has a YouTube channel. Um, her husband is creating all this stuff. Like they're doing all these cool things. Her coaching stuff has taken off. Because she's being authentic and real.
2: So let me let me ask you, because it sounds like it wasn't that she was trying to be fake. It sounds like fear froze her up and forced her to be someone she wasn't. Like, is that something you commonly see with people?
0: Amy, honey child. Honey child (laughs) from Texas originally I just got off the phone with my writing buddy, my comedy writing buddy, and we we call each other Uh on our stuff and we're like, send me your stuff send me your comedy. Cause we send each other our stuff, you know, and I feel like we, a lot of times people think, Oh, someday then I'll have my confidence. Yes. Handled, right. You know, someday I'm going to lose those last five sure. pounds, get back into the skinny, you know, whatever that someday thing is, drive a Mercedes, have the, you know, and yeah. you know, if you're waiting for the confidence fairy to just come Bring! You know, you have to act your way into it. And, and you know, this is kind of like the good news, bad news is that I still deal with confidence. I, you know, like I love teaching. I love coaching. I love performing. I love speaking. I've spoken in 41 states and three countries. But if Oprah Winfrey called me and said, I want you to be on my da-da-da tomorrow, I'd be like, oh my God. Like <laughs> we all have a visibility block. And the thing is, most people, we're human beings. Our brains are designed to keep us safe, right? Right. Which is the anti of dreaming is reaching and, and having the courage to step out from where we are, right? It's the most beautiful, brilliant thing we can do. And when we reach for our dreams, we give other people permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. And we have to, co- I mean, I constantly, not constantly, but Often have this little voice. I call him my alien. I've spent a million dollars trying to get rid of this guy, and that goes, You're too old. What do you think you're doing? Right. You were funny yesterday. You're not gonna be funny today. What are you doing? What do you you know? Yeah, and and so I have learned from being professional speaker, performer, actress, singer, dancer, whatever for 40 plus years. I'm not gonna get rid of this voice, but I can teach you. Because we all have one. Some of us have many. And it comes in different forms, right? I can forms, teach right? you how to crank, how to turn the volume down, how to manage this. Because this is what stops people. Oh, I didn't. I didn't really like doing that. Oh, I. I'll. You know, whatever. We lie to ourselves. Oh, I'll just have one more piece of cake or I'll go to that open mic next week, or I wasn't really, I wasn't really committed to that. And that little, our little light, our little heart, our inner child goes, but, but, but but, you know that, and it's quieter Mm -hmm. than the critic. Right. And so I can, I, you know, I, I teach my clients like how to navigate, how to navigate the critic and how to, you know, I meditate, I pray, I work out, mm-hmm. I sweat really hard. The higher the stakes, the more I do to manage myself. I get ready. I put, do my hair and makeup. And then I don't look in the mirror because I want to come from the inside out. Right? You want to be authentic. I focus too much on how I look. Yeah. So I'm not connected with my heart and the, and my why. And so... That's what I try to teach my students and people I work with coming from the inside out.
2: So there's a few things that you said that I want to touch on. One, the fact that you're a veteran. It's safe to say you're a veteran and you still go through this. Is this something that just doesn't go away that we just need to kind of acknowledge? One, it doesn't go away and we have to address it as in through techniques that you teach and just through acknowledging it that it's there. Is that is that safe to say it won't it won't go
0: away fully? Well, I a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I so I was touring with um, a headlining comic for several years, and I it was so awesome and challenging because he could wake a he could wake a crowd up, he could calm them down. He he was a master, and mm-hmm. he'd been doing it for twenty years, and yeah. I've been doing it for a couple at the time, and so you can't help but do a little bit of compare despair. But you know, he was jealous he didn't get nervous anymore and and he could feel it when I would get nervous. Now, this is relating to comedy. Now, I believe when you're speaking, if you're really prepared, if you have done your homework, you know your audience, right? you know what the booker wants and you have talked about expectations and pretty much given your delivery, you know, you've said, I'm going to do this, this and this, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some humor, but it's going to be safe. There's going to be slides or not. There's going to be this or not. If you have prepared, then you are going to be way less likely to be nervous. Mm. To me, the flop sweat, which used to be, you know, from the old comedians in vaudeville that comes when you're winging it, when, you know, cause ideally right. you have really prepared and you know that again, amateurs, we wait till they've got to be in the zone to write. They've got to be in the sure. zone. to be inspired. Well, get, if you wait to really, you know, that's not happening. It doesn't so work. So I teach people how to do things in chunks so that it's, it's, it's actually fun. Mm-hmm. And sometimes once they get started, they're like, oh my God, I couldn't stop. And they get excited. <laughs> and then I teach people how to rehearse so that it's actually a joy to prepare instead mm. of like an all night of hell. Sure. Right. Right. And then it's actually like, I love it when I feel prepared, grounded and rested. I'm like chomping in the bit. I'm like <laughs> I can't wait to get out them. it. doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, you know? Yeah. So, so there are, I think there's always going to be some level of nerves. Yeah. But there's lots of things you can do to manage it. And you want there to be a little bit of nerve if you're not scared, it means you don't care or you're detached or you're checked out. Well, it's
2: interesting you say that before I get to the second point, because I feel when I speak publicly, I have to I it, I'm always going to have that bottom line, literal level of nerves. I was speaking last summer in um, where were we, Philadelphia, and I just had nervous energy. And I think it. I've learned to accept that as just Good. a natural part of my process. Mm-hmm. But Good. I think we just kind of go through it. But that that's it. I, it's interesting to see that even veterans have some level of that. I just I'm still new to the to the public speaking. So I thought it was yeah. just that. But
0: no, it's so great, yeah. Amy. And, and learning how to manage mm-hmm. that and yourself, mm-hmm. that's one of the distinctions of pro. Yeah you know, and maybe when you've done 10,000 speeches or whatever, you might not be, you know, but I, I welcome that excitement. Yeah. Now I remember being running around New York city, auditioning for commercials and theater and movies and TV, and I would be so tired. Yeah. But I knew like when I would like, (laughs) you know, that the adrenaline would kick in Mm -hmm. and then I was like, okay, you know, and sometimes the minute I would come up, out of the room, be like, oh my God, I have to get some sleep tonight, right. you know, said, push, push, pushing.
2: So the, so the other point that you made that I, that I thought was amazing was when you achieve your dreams, when you're living them in front of others, right? And you said, you know, it can influence and give permission to others to do the same. You talked about a client and how she kind of, in the second week, got, o- not got over herself, but she conquered her fear became her authentic self, and now she has a YouTube channel. Her son has a YouTube channel. Her husband is now doing stuff. Like, is that an example of that kind of an effect of what living your dream can be?
0: Yeah. Wow. And you know, and I think one of one of the biggest, you know, um, I'm a huge fan of structure, which is hilarious because I'm such a creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, oh, right. God. And from business and lots and lots of lots of things, I realized that when I the more structured I am with certain things, the more freedom and creativity I can then have within that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think is so important, and I'm sure you do with an aspect of this is, you know, some form of celebrating your wins. And this is a tip for anybody who's listening. If somebody is, if you want to become a speaker a comic, some kind of performer, any kind of creative thing. One of the most important things I did was I would journal and I'm talking handwrite old school pen and paper after every show, after every set, after every speech, whether it was two minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, I would journal just quickly, you know, the date, what it was. And like, I'm really proud of one, two, three. And I would list three things that, that worked that I was happy about. And it could be like, I remembered to breathe. I remembered to bring water with me on stage. Um, I only said um, X amount of times, which whatever, you know, it is what it is. Right. And then I would say, um, this is what I can do better. And I would list a couple of things that I really want to tweak the end. I need to, change that last quote. I want to have my outline printed out because if the PowerPoint freezes. I don't want to have flop sweat so that people come up to hug me. Right. You know, whatever it is, I'm I'm signing autographs and I need to have an extra pen because my pen ran out. Right. Like, because otherwise it's just a blur and you will, it is like worth the five minutes that it takes you is worth exponentially you 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 will grow so much from like celebrating the wins and then saying what can i do better but also noting what did i do before oh my god i just just did the best talk what did i do before oh i avoided the news my i didn't pick up when my mother called right i meditated for 20 minutes i worked out really hard to get grounded in my body i did my warm up exercises i did my breathing sure whatever And that that way you can
2: seal it in. That's some great advice just in general, not just for speakers, but, you know, people who are chasing their dreams just to kind of recount what's working. I mean, right? isn't that what um, people who do presentations usually have or projects or uh, events come back and kind of debrief? It -hmm. sounds like what you're kind of doing is a debrief, but I never even thought like having a journal and seeing your growth. Through that
0: and Fantastic. you know, if, if you hate journaling, I and mean, you know, you can type it out. But there, there's they've done more and more research that yeah. hand to pen. It helps you. It helps get in your body. There's a more of an emotional connection. There's a physical thing, and it's actually attributed to active learning. And so, I'm just all about like maximize the time and energy you're spending. You, you know, know, that's
2: really cool because I and true because I started journaling this year. Or at least I have a planner that I'm using to kind of gather my thoughts and keep things to going um, as I'm moving forward. And so, you know, I find that I am more focused and it was just funny. It is the focus planner, but I am more focused when I look at this thing because it asks me what it, what worked, what didn't work, Mm -hmm. what do you want to do better? And it's not like something I look, I actually look forward to breaking the day down. Right. Which is weird because I never thought I would do that, but it is.
0: And it, and it really, and it, again, this can take five minutes, you know, but it's, and it's just a great habit to go what worked, what didn't. And, you know, everyone thinks, we all think, oh, Chris Rock just gets up there and spouts his stuff, but he's been crafting that. He has a team of writers Mm -hmm. and I can guarantee you, he's going, oh, that work that didn't, let me try this, you know, when they're working stuff,
2: Yeah, you know? Well, I think I just heard that, um, and I can't forget, can't remember which comic just recently went back to the um, comedy clubs to practice new material. Yeah, you yeah. Know,
0: it, it's just
2: you got to keep working your craft.
0: Well, I think, and and I love that because speaking, it, it there is mastery and a craft to it, mm-hmm. and I think we trip ourselves up. Like I should, I should be good at this. Yeah, really. Um, speaking in normal life is a completely different thing than speaking on camera or on a stage, whether you're speaking for five people or 5,000, very different. And so, you know, when we put pressure on ourselves, we're not serving anybody, you know, and I love to say perfect isn't helping anybody. You know, of course, you want to be credible. Of course, you want to have good content and deliver value. Yeah. But if, you wa- if you're waiting to be perfect, you're you're never going to get on stage or whatever it is that you're chasing your dream. You know.
2: Absolutely. Now you've worked with probably uh, so many more students since we last talked. Yes. Previously, you know, we were talking about using their story and the importance of talking their message. What other things are you finding now that you've had more students and you've had more data? So to speak, to kind of look at this and see what is it you're finding is holding people back more, or is it only uh, fear?
0: Well, you know, that's such a profound question. It, you know, and fear is like it can come in so many forms, Amy. You know, I'm in recovery for lots of things, for addictions, and and it's such an insidious, and you know, it makes me think of like the fog. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, floor when it just all of a sudden you look down and it sort of it how it
2: envelops off. you.
0: you know, and that's yeah. and that to me, like, there's a million forms of fear or compare despair. You know, we we live at the best of times and the worst of times, right? We have more information yeah. at our fingertips than ever in the history of the world. Option we paralysis, are seeing more yep. images coming at us than our grandparents saw in a lifetime. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one reason people are depressed and anxious because I personally don't think our brains were designed. So that's one reason I, I preach, you know, stepping away from the screen, meditation, moving your body, sweating and old school books. Um, But that's a whole one woman show. But (laughs) what I have found is that people get tripped up with a million kinds of fear and or limiting beliefs. Once again, that alien, right? Yeah. That says, well, you know, there's already so many people talking about, you know, what is your passion? Imposter syndrome,
2: dreams.
0: right? Oh, there's already that. That's a saturated market, right? Oh, there's so many video coaches. Oh, there's so many motivational speakers. Uh, yes. Right? And th- I mean, there's a million reasons to not take action towards your dream. Right. Yeah. A million. And so I find that um, I help people, you know, when when we're working together, work on that. Um, I find that a lot of people get tripped up with focus and, you know, in the entrepreneurship world, we call it the bright, shiny penny. (laughs) And, um, and I know that I can get caught up as a coach. Most coaches, we love to say yes to people. We love to support other people. We're <laughs> like, yeah, I'll help you with your thing. We'll raise money for polar bears in China. We'll, yeah. <laughs> you know? And before I know it, I am so overcommitted. Yes. And yes. so strung out and spread out. And then I'm not good for anybody, much less my clients or myself, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I find that sometimes people want to talk about so many things you know, yeah. so a lot of times I feel like I'm I'm helping bring people back mm-hmm. and giving themselves permission. Here's that word again, the phrase again, of being really authentic. I would rather work with eight or ten really committed people who vibe with me and who are ready to do deep work than a hundred people who are sort of like tire kickers that are like, is this the next cool thing? I don't know, we'll see. I've been in communities like that. And for me, I don't thrive in that. It's not my vibe. I've tried. And I think that's been one of my lessons this past year of like finding, navigating who I want to work with and where I can, you know, meet with those kinds of people. And it takes courage. It takes courage to go deeper.
2: You know, it's, it's, Interesting when you talk about different fears, because I I recently and um, as of this, you know, it's it's the beginning of March that we're we're talking about this. Middle of March, we're going to be doing a fundraiser for the podcast and the things that we're doing, and in preparation for that, I can't tell you the number of fears that have just hit me overnight. Will paralyze me even at at the end of the night as I'm in bed saying, "Who am I to?" Do this, like I, yes, just yesterday alone, I hit uh, imposter syndrome. I hit fear of disappointment. I hit fear of um, you know nobody's going to show up. I it, it was just one after another, and you know this year I, I, my theme for the year I tr- tend to have them is embrace your fears. And I was thinking yesterday, as I'm sitting about this, and I'm like moving forward, I'm going to do it, and I'm still like embracing your fears is not as easy. As, as we can say it, right? We're just going to embrace our fears and do it anyway, and I'm doing it anyway. But that that facing the fear and holding it and acknowledging it and just you know talking about the little alien on our shoulder, you know how do you how do you make friends with it? Yeah, to make it easier to move so that you can at least sleep easier at night.
0: Well, that's why, you know, that's why we have, you know, accountability buddies, <coughs> coaches, mm-hmm. colleagues. Um, we have social media now, which is so exciting and it can be so daunting uh, if we allow it, right? It's sure. a tool. And, you know, I, I, I was home visiting and I said to my nephew, did you guys do any of those? Um, did you do any fundraisers or or protests about the the guns at school, you know? And he goes, Well, yeah, but it was really small and blah 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 blah. And I was like, Who cares? Like, you yeah. did it. I didn't have the gumption to do that at your yeah. age. I mean, right? I was, you know, I was in a very different family. <laughs> Everybody was drunk, whatever, but like, <laughs> like, he did this courageous, heroic act, mm-hmm. and he was just like, Oh, you know.
2: He was downplaying and
0: like, it. And I and I feel like, and that's why. I talk about this with people I work with. You got to keep connected to your why, Amy. It's not even about you. Right. <laughs> right? It's true. Because, it's true. Because if we just make it about like, oh, I need to get a new client so I can pay my heating bill. and uh, Like, you know, I should just go back to slinging steak or jokes and, sure. you know, or whatever. But like, when I think about my why is to use my story for good to help heal the world with more love, light, and laughter. Mm-hmm. To give people permission to heal. Because the more we heal ourselves and each other, the more we can help heal the world, which is in crisis. You know, it's whatever crazy. your beliefs are about the environment or whatever, there are so many people in pain. Yeah, There's so much going on, right? And, and so... Who, so when I can get connected with that vision, it really helps me step through that. Yeah. That's you're old, there. You're short. You're this. You're that. You're that. You know, it's like the wolf. That, like, I can focus on, yeah, you know what? I, I'm i old by comedian standards and my motivational speak. You know, I mean, I don't even know all the stats. But I also know my commitment to use my life for good to use my time on this earth. And when I can get tapped into that vision and coming from that place in my heart and my gut, I don't give a shit anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, and I've had a mentor help me with this whole cyber bully thing that that's actually a sign of that boldness. Like if you're getting critics, it's actually a good sign (laughs) and to embrace that. And so you know, I think, I know it's easy, especially if you do a lot of things from love and you're big hearted. Um, when money comes up, it's easy to feel like, Oh, you know, just, (laughs) I know to be reminded, like it's not even about you. Right. Right. You know, and like when I go to colleges and I say, you know, this information is simple, but it could save your life. Or somebody else's, and I feel the same way about speaking, about being funny, and about being motivating. Because you never know. Suicide is crazy popular right now with yeah. tea. Yeah, like I don't even under, I I can't even think about it because I get like two. <gasps> but like, it is a privilege and an honor every time I get to be on a screen or a stage mm-hmm. in front of people. I truly believe that and that's why one reason I try to be prepared and focused and I like to be a little nervous because it is an honor every time, yeah. right? And you never know who's gonna see you or hear you and you might you might be saying the exact thing that they need to hear yeah. at that moment. like you yeah. never know. I know that I stopped some suicides when I was touring on the college campuses. I know I took kids to Al-Anon meetings. I know that I was calling people, you know, the the school bookers, saying I you have to find this kid and this. I don't understand what's happening, but I want you to go check them out. But don't take the police, like, you know, yeah. the colleges are so they're better they're better now. But like, there's so much happening with people, yeah. and you just never know. And so when I can tap into that, it's so much bigger. Sure. Then my little considerations, you know? Well,
2: it it goes back to what you were saying about how sharing your story, living your life truly, authentically, and chasing your dream, not that you have to do it publicly, but when you do do it publicly, it inspires others. And, you know, that truly is something that helps me and my wife for continuing to share stories so it can inspire others, like what you're doing. Your story and how you've kind of come out to share your horror in honesty, authenticity, and has related to those who have also suffered in silence, probably. And is like, hey, there's someone who's living truly authentically. She suffered like I did. And she's okay. I yeah. too can be okay. It's it's amazing the power of that. And you're right, though. We don't always know everybody that we're affecting, everybody doesn't go out and say, hey, thank you, you know, but, right. but you know, the ones we do hear about, it's amazing how probably like, right, cool, great. Yeah, that's amazing. It, it's a great feeling for it. And it's not, we're just conduits of it.
0: We are. And I, I, you know, and I, I love people have said, Elaine, you're a healer. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> But, but I know the power of speaking your story. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Me Too movement, right? Yeah. I was talking about this stuff 10 years before, but I'm so happy that all these really? people have now had the courage and the space to come out and say it. Mm-hmm. And that now it is shifting our culture and there's all kinds of new legislation and standard operation procedures and all that stuff that's hap- needed to happen for a long, 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 long time. And we still have a long way to go, Yeah. but just, just being able to speak, you know, of a traumatic ev- event and know that you're not carrying it all by yourself, yeah. the shame and all that stuff can be so healing. Now I, I'm not a big fan of wallowing, but I am a fan of, you know, speaking it sure. so that you can let it come up to come out to be healed and then moving on from it, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, And I get everybody has a process, everybody, there's different traumas, and I'm not trained in all of that, but there is so much power in the spoken word, Yeah, you know? Well, and and to that
2: effect, right? I mean, something you said earlier is we're not going to be, social media has been a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Um, I think you're absolutely right. One thing that social media shows is only majority uh, positive things, but it's such- a comparison to spare is just drains on you with what you see because you're you're comparing right. Like look at them, and sometimes I think we we forget. You know, um, someone may be having the best time of their life, climbing mountains, or you know, let me not use, let me use um, the example of just going on roller coasters and living life. And I'm like, man, I'm jealous of them, but truly, I'm not jealous of the fact that they're on a roller coaster. I'm not a fan of roller coasters. It's that they're living authentically and happy and we don't, we process it differently, but we, we become envious for things that we aren't truly envious of. It's just.
0: Well, I yeah. think, you know, Debbie Ford, I studied with Debbie Ford for five years and she would mm-hmm. talk about, we really, why do we want these dreams? It's yeah. really the feelings we're pursuing. Yes. Why do we want the big house? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not materialistic. I, I want a feeling of security, comfort, sure. home. Yeah. I don't actually want a big house. I would prefer traveling yeah. and, and having a small house, which I actually have a I have a big house, but I have a part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I, I mean I think in AA they say check your motives. Check yeah. your motives. And I, I think that's such a great way to just you know, just and it's all about connection, connecting with yourself and your core.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that we get so caught up in social media that we kind of forget the world isn't our audience. Our audience is who we're trying to impact, right? It's sometimes we, we think too big that we get lost and, and our message can get lost and we forget or we get overwhelmed and another fear comes up and we can, we just have to kind of remind ourselves, that, like you said, about how, you know, who we speak to. We don't know the, how that message will resonate. We know that for the people who aren't our intended audience, they may not like it. They may ignore it, you know, but that's fine. They're not our intended audience. Right. But the thing that I think that is powerful is the number is the ripple effect our message has on people. For the people you've helped, the ones you know, the ones you don't know, right? You've brought them back or stopped them from making a horrible mistake in suicide or gotten help for people who are in need. Right? And now they are here to share and continue their story with the world. And how many lives does that affect? Right?
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's so true. And, you know, I always say there's no make or break. I think a lot of people think, this could be my big break. And I think, ooh, there's already so much pressure. Yes. I don't, I just tell myself this is one more gig. It's one more credit. You know, it's like Sheryl Crow, when she got this big, you know, her big hit, they gave her like the newcomer award, and oh yes, you know, in LA, and she was like, "Well, thank you." And I have been kicking around LA for ten <laughs> years prior to making it, right? And I I tell that story because <clears throat> you know Oprah, Oprah plugged along for a long time beca- before she became the media mogul. I think that she was she is in her
2: thirties, right? I think she was in oh, her thirties before God. she got her big break.
0: And it was still when I, I mean, it was still a lot, a lot of schlepping, and it, yeah. you know, it was not the best talk show in the beginning. I don't think, I, you know. But that's but,
2: that's the thing, right? I mean, so many of us work, 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 and we are like, I'm so tired of working, and don't realize. And I always say, Taraji B. Henson was 20 years in the in the industry before you know her big hit, so to speak. I mean, but. She's like, I've, I've been here. I've put in the work. How many people have put in the work? And there was like it, one hit wonders or overnight successes. It's never true. People are working. You're
0: grinding. And, well, and also, like, I think you also have to think, like, what is your end goal? Yeah. Right. Because, like, I, I just listened to um, Megan Mullaney's uh, book with Rick Overton, mm-hmm. Offerman. They're the cutest couple. She's on Will and Grace. He's on. He was on Parks and Rec. Person, yes. Oh my god. And they they both re, you know and they both did not make it big till their late forties or fifties, mm-hmm. which I'm like yay. <laughs> but you know she was talking about how they both realized they wanted to do good work with people who were good at their job yeah. and who were kind. Yeah. And I'm like, I love. I really like that because yeah. I, I want the work. I mean, the money, it's coming. Yay. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I've had the money come in the past and then it sure. dries up. Like it's been, for me, it's been very up and down, but I want the work. Yeah, I love the work of it. And to me, a true master is always working on their craft. So I'm always working on my body, my spirit, my mind, mm-hmm. my emotional um state uh, and how can everything that i'm learning how can i give this to my students and my clients as well because i consider myself a master but in uh, i'm still a work in progress
2: but that that's the thing that's that's interesting about all of this is you know when you say that what is your end goal it comes back to what is your why right yeah right It's been so great to have you back on the show to just see that you're still chasing your dream. You're still affecting and and helping so many people. Before I let you go, as always, I got to ask you, especially now that you've got a few more years under your belt in terms of chasing, what is something you would tell people to do? One action item you would tell dream chasers to take today?
0: I would tell them to get a buddy. Get a buddy. I would tell them, get an accountability buddy mm-hmm. who's somebody that you trust and who you know, but who's not going to um, not call you on your stuff and set up a weekly thing with them. What It can be a 30-minute call, a, an hour-long Zoom, a coffee meeting. Mm-hmm. A, you know, we're going to jog every Saturday morning, like whatever works for you and your schedule and your lifestyle. And you know, and talk about you know how's it going. This, you, this was your dream to do X and Y by such and such. Are you still committed to that? And what are you doing about that? And I think that that is one of the most important things to put in place for structure because it's it's so easy to talk about things and vision them. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. And I do take action, but many times I've taken lots of action or in too many directions. And You know, there's nothing like having um, an accountability buddy to help hold you accountable and vice versa.
2: Absolutely. Well, that was fantastic. I love it. Thank you again for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Amy.
2: And guys, that was Elaine Williams. She's doing awesome. Really that it's, it's fantastic to see that she is still chasing her dreams and helping others do just the same. So you guys can learn more about Elaine over on the show notes page at amyj21.com slash episode 182. That's episode 182. Now, guys, as I've said last week, there is a special announcement. I am hosting the 2019 Chasing Dreams Fundathon. It's going to take place Monday, March 18th through Thursday, March 21st. Now, as you've guessed, it is a fundraiser. I am trying to raise funds to help offset the costs and keep Chasing Dreams going for another year. I can't do it without your help. So that's what this thing is about. You know, this podcast has been a dream of mine. It is awesome. I love seeing it. I'm not doing it for the money, but I do need money to keep it going just the way of the world and how it is. So the idea for the fundathon is to keep and raise money for a year. So I don't have to ask you guys for money again in this year. We may have to do this all over again next year, unless a sponsor comes forward. But until then, this is what we're doing. And so March 18th through the 21st, I'm going to have friends of the show guests come on. We're going to talk. We're going to have a good time. Logistics are still being planned, but for more information And to support the show, please visit our website over at amyj slash fundathon. That's F U N D A T H O N. All right. And share it with your friends. Share it with anyone. In fact, share the podcast with your friends. Shouldn't they be listening? Who doesn't want to be inspired? Am I right? All right, guys. Just wanted to share that information. It's coming up in about 12 days. So, wanted to give you the heads up about that, but there it is. And uh, the note that link will be in the show notes page in case you didn't catch it. So, once again, amyj21.com slash fundathon. All right, dream chasers, until next time, keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams.